Please insert additional coin. It's Gakesy Lee. You honor me with your presence, Crispy Lee. How can one so tiny hurt so much? Brad Ziegler. He's usually stronger than the average and has a friendly attitude. It's Sports Unsealed. We will not back down. Game on, everybody. It's Sports Unsealed. Jake Seeley, Chris Meany, Brad Ziegler. And the reminders at the top, as always, we're going to be changing the name in a little bit, so it's just us. It's still us. Nothing's changing there. We're just kind of going through a reshift for the fantasy football season. But as mentioned, with the fantasy football season coming, draft kit's still there. If you haven't checked that out, I don't know what you're doing, but it's there for you. The podcast, bottom left-hand corner of the app, top right-hand corner of the website, which is where you'll find more fantasy football podcasts coming. There's more going to be released all the way up till starting week one, which I do a ranking show with Brandon Funston, so check out that. And if you need fantasy baseball, we're still doing that. We still have those going continuously through September and then a few throughout the offseason. So we have you covered if you love that, but here here for fantasy football. Uh, hopefully, I don't know about you. Well, Chris, I know you're not. I'm actually considering moving up near you. Brad, are you in this insane... I've had like 90 plus degrees and 90 plus humidity for like the past three days and it's not stopping till Thursday. And like literally this morning, I took Barkley out for a walk at 7.30, when it, but I broke a sweat just walking around the block because it's that damn humid. Yeah, it's it's been really hot and humid here too. And we are getting a relief tomorrow because all of a sudden out of nowhere, the high tomorrow is 71, which sounds amazing right now. Oh my so, God. Yeah, it'll be awesome when it gets to come here, for a vacation. Today's- yeah, no, my power went out even. last night, so it ended up being like 81 in the house. I was, it came back on like literally a minute before I was about to go sit in my car with Barkley. <laughs> That's awesome. It's been pretty hot here too, to be honest with you. 33 degrees at for you for you folks. That's like 90, I think Fahrenheit. Really? I didn't realize it got that hot up there. That, that, like, oh yeah, it gets that that hot. Oh yeah, it's scorching for sure. Absolutely, it gets super hot here. And today's oh, another oh. one. It's already, you know, we're recording the show early in the morning. It's 26 degrees, so that's like You got to do the conversion for everybody. That's like mid-80s, I think, 26. Yeah, that's what it is here already. It's yeah. ridiculous. So we got to go. You know what? We should all pick up shop and move out to Brandon Funston out in Seattle, Washington, because apparently, like, I don't yes. know if you guys saw that map, but it's the least difference between the upper temperature and the lowest temperature throughout a year. It's like a gap of only like 40 degrees and like uh, where we live and I'm where you live, Chris, especially in the Midwest, it's like 130 or 120 different degrees. And that's not an exaggeration, but all right. I, I will. Fun. There's no way I want 11 months of rain, though. So I'll, I'm, I'm happy. Where I I'm think at. that's exaggerated. Eh, it's not. I lived in Vancouver for a oh, bit. Green Christmases okay. are a thing. Vancouver's, Inside information. Yeah. Vancouver, Seattle, only like three <laughs> hours away from each other. I got some family there. It's it, a lot of rain. Brad's right. What about a Portland, Oregon? Do they get a lot there? Because that sounds like, I mean, they've got professional teams and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know much about Portland, Oregon. That's on the bucket okay. list. Here's some good oh, things about Portland, teams, Oregon. Teams, plural. No, they only have one team. They just have the, t- the Trailblazers. That's yeah. right. Which, which is, That's they right. lost yeah, a AAA for- team. They used to have a AAA baseball team when, back oh, when did I they? played in AAA, but they lost that team. So. Do you remember what the name was? Is it something cool? Uh, Beavers, no, you don't maybe? Know. I don't, oh, that's not. Trying to, it's not like the the rambling catfish wires. Oh or no, something? Like, no, 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 no. This was before the the name craze. <laughs> oh, so, everybody, back, back back in the olden days. Yeah. Did you know the, that the the owner of the Albuquerque Isotopes is the same owner of the Norfolk Tides, and he purposely named him that because of the Simpsons? Did you know that? Oh, little, little nugget did, for you guys. Uh, let's let's get fancy football before everybody tunes out of the show, though. <laughs> 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 All right, so. 
I, I, I want to get to, we're going to get to the column that I wrote today because this is draft strategy. And we've talked draft strategy, but this is kind of going into the overall where you hear people talk about tiers and stuff like that. So we're going to get to that. But let's get to the news first because there's a couple things since we've talked on Monday that have come out. Antonio Brown update. Just look, this is the only thing. We're not even going to talk about it. We've already exhausted every possible thing we could have said. All you need to know is he filed another grievance. The hearing is Friday. That's another one. You pay attention. You do what you're going to do. There's your update. That's the Antonio Brown 15-second update. That's all you get anymore. So here's a big one. And this comes directly to you, Brad. And this is, comes directly to something that you were saying when you were out at camp and you saw Damian Williams getting all the first-team reps. And it wasn't even just the fact that Darwin Thompson wasn't getting those. And Darwin Thompson looked really good in that second preseason game, which is now, with the inclusion of Daryl Williams looking as good as he was last year, not spectacular, but it all coming down to there's whispers and rumors now that Carlos Hyde could be left off the roster, including our very own Athletic 49ers coverage says he will be left off the roster. Does that make you feel better about Damian Williams, or is this just cement your fact of, like, he wasn't a factor anyway? Because I know, Brad, you and I were on that side of things. Yeah, I I mean, it, it doesn't, as far as Damian Williams, it doesn't change anything for me. Um, I, I have a hard time seeing him being left off the roster just at a, at a, if nothing else, just for sheer running back depth. Like it's a, it's a position you're talking about a guy in Damian Williams who's already had a hamstring injury this year. He's had a little bit of an injury past. They get, they're going to need some depth there. And I, I still don't see as, as good as Darwin Thompson has looked. And I'm not saying he's not a good football player. And I think he's definitely got a, a role on this team. I just don't ever think it's going to be the lead back because he's, I just don't see them giving that guy that, that's that small, 5'8", 200 pounds, 15 to 20 touches a game. So, no, but you still have Darrell Williams in the mix. Right. And, and at that point, though, you're talking about uh, – if Damian Williams goes out, you're talking about, I don't know that I would start either one of those guys in fantasy because it's a complete coin toss at that point because you're, you're, you're got a, a 50, 50 workload, you know, it's kind oh, of like hold the so, so, so let's situation. talk about that real quick. Let, let's, let's talk about that with you specifically. And then we'll come to you, Chris, and maybe you piggyback off and circle back around to Carlos side. The Darwin Thompson thing. I'm, I'm a little bit different than you are. Uh, Darwin Thompson, when I wrote him up in my preseason or the pre-draft profile, I say he's stronger than you think for his size, and you saw that in one of those broken tackles where he was actually carrying the guy in that game. And I know it's only preseason. It's only preseason week two and all that stuff. I'm just saying, similar to what you brought up about Ty Johnson, I think he's actually a good comparison of not understanding or not really people, not you, but people out there not knowing the profile of a player, that he's stronger between the tackles than you think. And I actually think and believe that Carlos Hyde could be left off because I believe enough in Darwin Thompson, and maybe that's just where we differ, that if Damian Williams goes down, now I don't think Darwin Thompson is stepping into a 65-70% workload. I think this is where we would see the Andy Reid that we've only occasionally seen, and last year before Damian Williams really took over, we were, we did see a little bit of Darrell Williams. We did see a little bit of other options in this backfield. I think Darwin Thompson would be the lead. I think he would be a 60% split with Darrell Williams. And it's possible for sure. I, I just see it being more like Daryl Williams being the, the Jordan Howard and Darwin Thompson being the Tariq Cohen if, if that were to, to happen. Oh, see, I can see that, but I see it the reverse. I see it like the Saints with Kamara and Ingram. Yeah, I, it's, it's possible. I, I, who knows? Um, and, and I guess time will tell. I just, from what I've seen, I just feel like Darwin Thompson's a guy who's going to be, I'm not saying he can't ever run between the tackles, but I just don't think they can do that on a regular basis with him. He's a guy that they would want to get in space and and get outside a little bit where he can make guys miss because he's no, really no, no. good. No, no, no. Yeah, it. you you don't want to run him off guard and off center all the time. But I think so basically, let me ask you this then and we'll come to you, Chris. Uh Brad, if if I'm taking him in the 8th round along the Daryl Henderson's of the world, you're out. You're not taking him that early, so you're just not getting any Darwin Thompson. 
Yeah, I, I'm in a seasonal league. I'm not for sure. I, you know, in a dynasty league, you know, where he's going, he's now moved up into the bottom of the second round for for ADP. Um, maybe if I if I was picking there, but um, I in a in a redraft league, I'm I'm not taking him where he's being drafted for sure. I'm gonna have to get involved with Darwin Thompson if if Carlos Hyde does get cut. I mean, it wasn't because I loved Hyde; it was because. Of my worries about Damian Williams. Hate Dar- Damian yeah, yeah, just hate him. <laughs> I want this guy Why to do succeed. You hate him, I know. Uh, I really do actually want him to succeed. And I would, if he does play 16 games, he will for sure finish as a top 10 running back. There's no question in my mind. But I, I kind of do believe these reports with Hyde, too. And it's not just the Athletics' Nate Taylor who has left him off two straight weeks on his projections. Yeah. So it's not just him. It's been some other guys in around the team who have been talking about this and saying they wouldn't be surprised if Carlos Hyde is cut. One thing, he hasn't looked good in preseason. I know it's just preseason, but just 25 yards on seven carries. He had that big fumble um, on his lone series with the with the first-team offense against Pittsburgh in that last preseason game over the weekend. He's not part of the special team, so he doesn't really bring a whole lot there to the table with Andy Reid. So it things are kind of, you know, not going in his favor. I do have some Hyde shares. I've been pumping Hyde. I will admit that. Uh, if he does get cut, that's a little like bit of a bummer. High chairs. <laughs> <laughs> get on my high chair and yeah, just throw out all my high sh- stocks. But anyways, like this would if he does get cut, I think people should feel a little bit better about who could be this next guy in line in Darwin Thompson. I don't think people should ignore where Darwin Thompson's going and the fact that a running back in this offense can be very good and very valuable to you. So draft season coming up, drafting this weekend, drafting next weekend, keep an eye on this situation and maybe. Um, Maybe just pass on Hyde now because he had earlier in the year, Jake, about a month ago when we were talking, we were doing this show. He was like a 12th, 13th round pick. He hasn't been that way over the past couple of weeks. It's been like an Who, eighth Hyde round pick. Who, Hyde or Thompson? Hyde. It's, he's been like an eighth, ninth round pick, and that's a pretty steep price to pay for somebody yeah, was, who's could potentially get cut here any day. Well, that's what happened. It was, the, it was the missed time. Well, I mean, there's your testament of what this team, and this is the big reason that I've at least been saying it, and whether or not you agree the talent level of Damian Williams, I think everybody in the industry, by what you just said, Chris, agrees with this fact of we just want the starting running back for the Chiefs. Exactly. Exactly. 100%. Yeah, I want a piece of it. So, <clears throat> so I want to bring up something here that happened yesterday that that I, I don't think enough was taken into consideration. One of the things in, in his roster projection, he has Tremont Smith as the fourth running back. Um, Tremont Smith was is their kick returner and was a, a cornerback that that they have moved to running back this during this camp. And but then yesterday they signed Dem- um Dexter DeAnthony Thomas. Oh, no, no, they signed DeAnthony Thomas. Yes. Guy. And he, and he's <laughs> he's a, he's a wide receiver, but he can also kick return. And so if Tremont Smith is solely on the roster just to be a kick returner, they no longer have that need for him and I think there's a there's a chance that Tremont Smith is actually the one cut Hyde makes the team and and is is still the primary back until you know until proven otherwise primary backup I'll say that primary no, backup. No, no, that, that's certainly a fair point and something to watch uh, I think but the truth is though you still don't care about Carlos Hyde in, in fantasy leagues don't you not in a, not in a redraft I don't I don't draft handcuffs in a in a redraft league unless it's Smart. I mean just super deep but I just I just don't do it I want guys who I know are going to get production week in and week out even if that production is fluctuating a little bit. Okay, so let's talk about who, at this point, I guess we should call the handcuff because there's a Ronald Jones update. The part of the reason he hasn't looked so good and part of the reason we haven't seen a lot of him is now he's dealing with swelling of his left knee, which 
okay, you know, then maybe this is similar. Like Chris Sale, like Chris Sale is pretty much done for the year. Uh, but it's like, hey, what's wrong with him? Maybe he's nursing an injury, and it turned out he was an injury, and maybe it was minor and became worse. But either way, Ronald Jones isn't 100%. But even at 100%, still wasn't looking that good. This We've talked about before, Chris, this team has been trying, similar to what I, you know, I usually say about the Houston Texans, is that they've been trying to find a replacement for Lamar Miller to put Lamar Miller into a complimentary role. Still getting 40% of the touches, but they want somebody to be the lead option. The Buccaneers have spent this entire offseason from Jameis Winston to the coaching staff to the front. Like, they wanted Ronald Jones to be the guy. They did everything in their power to talk him up and make him the guy just by words. The performance hasn't been there. Peyton Barber is still just Peyton Barber, but at this point with the knee injury, with the fact that he still hasn't looked good, with the fact that Peyton Barber is at least adequate, is Peyton Barber now becoming a value and somebody we should be considering the seventh, eighth round? Yeah, and I think we've, I feel like we've all been on the same page that he has been the whole time, even when with Ronald Jones. I mean, these guys are going back to back, side by side, according to Fantasy Football Calculator. Jones is RB43, Peyton Barber's RB44. Like, it's back to back. Yeah, but that, look how late that is, though. It's, I, I know, it's great. I, I really don't want a piece of this run game, to be honest, but at that point well, because, in your like draft. Because, like I said, if, you, yeah. if, part, if Barber wins, you still lose. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. it's like getting LaShawn McCoy. Like eh, I know, and it's true. You like you put this guy in your lineup every day. You're like, okay, he's gonna get like if if Jones for whatever reason doesn't play week one, week two. It's like okay, Barber, where are you really gonna rank him as a top twenty four RB? Do you feel great about that? No, you put him in no. there. He's gonna get the touches. He's probably gonna disappoint you, and maybe he's the reason you lose. But you still can't ignore opportunity and volume in fantasy, especially in the ninth, tenth round, whatever it's gonna be for Peyton Barber. The offensive line is not great for one. This just makes me want Jameis Winston and the weapons. I think they're gonna throw the ball a ton. I think they're gonna have to play catch up Jones looked great without pads on as soon as he put pads on and he started getting hit he did not look great he was getting hit behind the line I saw that game where it looked like he hyper extended his knee his leg like that looked rough man like I can't even I couldn't even watch it a second time yeah, so I think that's what the, where the injury came yeah, from. yeah I wouldn't be shocked if you know he's he I know he came back to practice I believe yesterday but uh, I wouldn't be shocked if you know he doesn't play this weekend preseason in the final tune-up so I mean Sure, Barber. <laughs> I'm not excited, but at that point in the draft, again, you just take opportunity. Lee, and let me tell you, like when you draft a guy in the ninth round, he's not going to be in your starting lineup no, week one unless, unless you drafted yeah. Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott before that, you know, that kind of thing. But at, at that point, you're hoping that he has a really good week one, and then you try to trade him while Ronald Jones is still out. And, uh, the, and, uh, normally, I would believe I would be with you, Brad, but I don't think anybody would ever trade for Peyton Barber. Like you I never know, you might be somebody uh, in your league. You first, never know. I mean, first I, league, all, all first it takes is league. takes is the guy who who has you know Zeke or Gordon, and and or all of a sudden they're not getting injury. any running back production. And then if if Barber goes out and runs for 100 yards and two touchdowns week one, then yeah, they might be like, you know what? Give me, I need him. I need somebody that's not going to cost me an arm and a leg but also is going to be at least the starting running back right now while I've got these guys out. Especially if there could be an injury in week one too, right? Lev Bell, we talked about Lev Bell not playing in a couple of years, not going to play preseason. Who knows if he pulls a hammy week one, Dalvin Cook, any of these guys. And then you go and you attack that owner who's lacking backs and maybe you get something in return. Lacking backs. Right. Hashtag lacking backs. Yeah, we should make that a thing. <laughs> that should be the team name. Or like, yeah, we could be a podcast. Like, well, we could be the anti-established uh, run, lacking backs. Yes, I'm going to go heavy wide receiver at all my drafts and just name my teams lacking backs. <laughs> lacking backs. <laughs> That'd be great. That's the we should yeah rebrand. I like it, Chris. We rebrand zero RB. It's now lacking backs. That sounds so much better. Uh, 
let's talk about San Francisco because San Francisco, good. Like I know a lot of people have talked about it since, but you know we had the night show. Well, no, we had the day, and then we had the night game. Is what I meant to say. And Jimmy Garoppolo was abysmal. I mean, there's no other way to put it. And since Jimmy Garoppolo has looked abysmal so far, everybody's now in full panic mode because Jimmy Garoppolo, despite being the first game he's played since the injury, is there's no other ways to put it. And that makes everybody concerned for up and down. Now, we've already talked about Dante Pettis, and you guys know how I feel about Dante Pettis. But here's another one where we come back to the athletic and we look at projected rosters. And this isn't – look, this is – Nobody is ha- has a consensus. Like you know, we're like to your point, Brad. Carlos Hyde's situation could still change because of that signing, but there's more people than not that have Carlos Hyde off the roster at this point. He's kind of, again, he's the majority, but not by much. Like maybe fifty, sixty percent. With this situation, the reason I say this because this isn't clear. It's not like sixty percent of the writers out there covering the Forty ers have Dante Pettis not as the starter. So, all that being said, our athletic writer has Dante Pettis. Not as a starter. He actually has him as the third. He has Debo Samuel and Marquise Goodwin as the top two options. Does that matter to you, one, Chris? Uh, you know my feelings of Dante Pettis versus Debo Samuel, and I just think Dante Pettis was this year's bust. He's actually been my bust since when, – when did we do that? It was like June when I asked everybody for our bust? Like, it feels so, like it was yeah. that long ago. Yeah, for sure. Dante Pettis was my bust since then, and I love Debo Samuel. But even so – my biggest concern is I don't even think the starting lineup matters. I don't think I think this offense is has more questions than people realize because of Jimmy Garoppolo. And then after that, I don't know that you can rely on any wide receiver from week to week. I think the only person you want on this team is Kittle and Coleman. Yeah, I think that's a great call for sure. That's the only two that I want. Yeah, Jimmy G has not looked good. I think there was a report in practice where he threw, you know, four consecutive interceptions. Was it? I thought it was five. Oh, well, geez. Even still, at least four then. Do you remember, Brad? Do you remember if it was four nah, or five? I, yeah, no, but does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah you're it right. It's still awful. You're right. It doesn't matter. The fact that it was oh, at least hold on, four. Hold on, hold on. Time, time out. Time out. Hold on, Chris. We're coming back to you. Uh, real quick, Brad. Does it matter? Let me pair, pair this off. To Appar- pair, apparently, it matters. So. No, no, no. I, just, no I want to compare it to something. And I want to ask you a question. This is where like, it possibly doesn't matter. Is In baseball, if somebody gave up four home runs in a row versus five home runs in a row, like is it the same thing? Is like it doesn't matter. You still gave up at least four in a row. Yeah, it's just it just takes up eight more seconds of highlight reel to play that last. <laughs> and one. it so, was five. And, and it was five. Yeah. yeah. So, but it, at the same time, like it, it's it's like either way, it's awful. Like at some point, what you, you yeah, talk about I protecting pulled. the ball, and then they they come out yesterday and say that that his recovery from the torn ACL has been flawless. And I'm assuming they're talking about just structurally with his knee and and that kind of stuff. But like, if if that's the case and he's feeling that good, then you've got to be concerned with the way he's throwing the ball because he looked awful in practice. Now he's looked awful in a game is this going to turn around before September? And, and right now it's, it's, I mean, it scares me away even from Kittle solely for that reason, because it's, it's like, it doesn't matter how good Kittle is if the quarterback can't get him the ball. It's, it's very true. And he's had little time to work with Kittle. Uh, Most of his games came two years ago towards the end of the season with Kittle. Uh, That was like Kittle's rookie year breakout campaign there towards the end. You could kind of see the breakout coming, but, yeah, this I'm down on all this offense. Pettis was going too early. I, I've liked him a little bit more now that he's, you know, at one point, Jake, I think in June when we were talking, and I understand why he was your bust, a lot of people had him in the mid-20s, early 20s as that breakout yeah. candidate. He's like, whoa, settle down. Now he's in the mid-30s, kind of now hearing these reports, seeing how bad Jimmy is. 
he 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 falls down into like the mid eight, late eight, which I I don't mind that price. But yeah, I think people are just pumping up San Fran a little bit too much, and this is the same thing last year. At this point last year, people were talking about Jimmy G as a top five quarterback in fantasy. He hasn't played a lot in the NFL. He's had a couple miraculous games. Uh, he was unbelievable when he came to San Fran. It's been a very, very small sample size. This is a significant injury to deal with. He hasn't spent a lot of time as a starting quarterback. I expect there to be a ton of rust over these next few weeks to start the season. And I agree with Brad. It kind of makes me out on everybody in this offense. I do st- still think that Kittle will be fine, and Tevin Coleman is, is going to be familiar with the playbook with Kyle Shanahan. But this is this is not good. I watched that game. He did not look good at all. So I think it's just going to take him some time. That's all. It's just some rust. Okay, so let's but I don't talk think he's top twenty some... quarterback. I don't think he has that upside. I think he does if everything broke right. But yeah. to your, the biggest point we talk about in fantasy all the time is he he doesn't run. So that that's a exactly. that's a high bar to get to, which sounds crazy to say top twenty, but it's a hard bar to get to when you have this many questions in your offense and you don't run. They're already talking about getting out of the contract. That's how quickly things change in San Fran. <laughs> it's it's nuts. So we got our franchise quarterback, we traded for him, we signed him the big money. Oh, by the way, if this doesn't work out this year, we can get out of the contract next year. It's it's unbelievable how quickly See but that change. and as a sidebar, that's what I've always gone to. You know this, Chris. So Brad, we, you never had this conversation because I don't think we've even brought it up this year. Or maybe we did and you can tell me if we did, but I always go down the road of saying I don't I never want if I'm an NFL team this is just talking about real life I don't ever want Andy Dalton I look I like you Andy Dalton this isn't disrespect to you I don't want an Andy Dalton because I don't want that I'm stuck with a quarterback for 12 years because if I get rid of him you know I could ruin my team he's good enough to be there to take us to the playoff maybe not even take us just win a title if the rest of the team around him is great and I don't want to be stuck with that. I'd rather bomb on going after Garoppolo, bomb on going after Kyler Murray, bomb on going after a draft pick, and in two or three years have to go back and do it again until I found my franchise quarterback. Yeah, I can see that. I, I mean, I feel like that's that, that's the case with half the half the teams in the NFL right now. Like very few of the of the quarterbacks in the bottom who you would rank in the bottom half of the league were high draft picks, and it's like. They're, they're just kind of throwing guys in there or they, they were high draft picks under a different regime. And now the current regime is just stuck with them. And, and so it's, it's like, I don't, you know, I agree. Like, I feel like Marcus Mariota, I know he was a high draft pick, but I feel like the Titans are the same way. Like, can you really see Marcus Mariota being a Super Bowl quarterback at some point? Like no, and, and with what, with, with what we've seen, it doesn't matter how good you make the rest of that roster. There's no way. I mean, it, I, I don't even know that I would put him ahead of Trent Dilfer, you know, when Dilfer won, with a great roster around him, and everybody's like, "Oh, he's just—he's just a game manager. Doesn't turn the ball over." And he's no, just but a good game enough. manager could be a good thing. You know who else was a game manager? Rich Gannon. Like it's yeah. It's and Alex Smith. Alex Smith Alex was Smith great was at you know with Kansas City, and and you know took that last step forward in his last year here, and then they were able to trade him for a second round pick, and so it, it just—I don't know. It just. I, I completely agree. Like I, I take my shots with, with guys and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But that's, that's one thing I will give the Broncos credit on. They've gone after a high draft pick after high draft pick after high draft pick with a the quarterback. They just suck at scouting them. Yeah. They just, yeah, they just yeah. They suck yeah. at picking them. <laughs> yeah. You're right. A hundred percent. All right. So let's talk about two former teammates uh, in different situations, but both coming back from injury. Demaris Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Demaris Thomas 
for the reason is he's just been activated and he's activated on what is what we continue to talk about an opportunity lavish team or lavishly based opportunity like whatever you want that probably wasn't the best wording but anyway that's what came to mind i'm sorry i'm a little distracted we'll i haven't it. got a lot of sleep with this damn puppy uh <laughs> as you can tell a frustrating night <laughs> the chris and brad no I, I i went off before we started the show but anyway Demarius thomas is activated who knows where he lands? Who knows how healthy he is? But as of right now, uh, Dontrell Inman's already gone. He's actually back with the Chargers. Josh Gordon, we assume, is going to be out there. So Edelman, Gordon, and then after that, is it Demarius Thomas in your mind? Or is it Demarius Thomas is still behind Dorsett, still potentially behind Jacoby Myers, who's been looking good, still behind Akil Harry, who's looked awful, but is the one that they spent the high draft pick on? Like, where are you, Debbie? Do you even have any interest in Demarius Thomas? Because I joked last night, Chris, and uh, Vlad Sedler, a friend of ours, uh, tweeted, I was like, oh, best ball, 20th round, Demarius Thomas, let's go. And, I, and he tweeted that gif of the, the Muppet from the movie running that everybody oh, yeah, always yeah. uses. And I said, yeah, I'd run from that pick too. Like, I, I don't even want him in the 20th round. Yeah, I mean that's the only the only way I would do it is in a best ball deep. Like I, there's no chance I want I'm gonna have any shares of this guy. You have to play in a deep deep league. Like in your standard 12 team league, he's not even getting thought about because even Philip Dorsett is not getting thought about, and I think Dorsett is ahead of him. At least he's been in this offense. He was involved. He was catching passes from Brady last season. Harry looks like a guy who may just stay on the sidelines for the first few weeks of the season if Gordon is gonna be 100% healthy and and DT is gonna come back and at least you know, try to be involved with this team. It's just, he, he just, he took a step back. When, and when he was with Denver, I was, I was kind of just saying, okay, it's on the quarterback. Like Case Keenum can't make these throws. He was overthrowing everybody. It's, it's all on Case Keenum, but he's just lost a step. And then he's coming back from this significant injury. He's coming off a season where he only had 59 catches and, you know, just under 700 yards, five touchdowns. And even still the last three years before that, he hadn't top six touchdowns. So he's just the decline is real. It's a significant injury. There's no chance I'm gonna I'm gonna draft this guy. Yeah, I agree. And and he, in fairness, last year he started. He played more than half his games with Denver, who was already abysmal. Um, he went to Houston and had to try to relearn an offense midseason. Um, so it's and then you know didn't he have a car wreck or something this offseason too? Like where there was it was just something yeah. kind of crazy like during his rehab. So I, I don't know. It's I, I feel like as old as he is, um, you know, it, it's the the. You know, he's, he's almost he's going to be 32 before the season's over and coming off the Achilles. Like, I just I'm, I agree what I want nothing to do. It with feels him. like he could just be a red zone threat in this offense if he can stay healthy. That's, that's it, it, it honestly right now is it's hard for me to imagine him making the team unless there's, you know, just some kind of funky contract thing where they they it's it actually hurts them to cut him. But it's when you they've got all the other guys there and they spent the high draft capital on Harry like. It, are they going to keep this guy as their their sixth receiver or whatever? Because I feel like Jacoby Myers has earned a spot on this team. Agreed. Dorset Dorset's not going anywhere, and and now that Gordon's Mikhail back Harry's and yeah, Harry's not going anywhere. Like I have a hard time seeing him even making this team unless he does he does something really good in the last two uh, you know preseason games or whatever. Or what I th- I actually think happens is they stash him on the pup to start the season. That would make more sense. It. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and, and it's possible. It's just weird that they activated him if that was going to be the route that they went. Because uh, don't they still have the option? I still I think you get yeah yeah they, get, they can yeah, put him back get, on. It's just yeah, but you just get him out there for a few. Yeah, reps see what they have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so like I said, speaking of Achilles and Broncos wide receivers, you know Emmanuel Sanders, the former teammate, and dude. Guys, what a freak. all of the sads. Jake Seeley was a sad person watching that game. Not because Emmanuel Sanders, because Emmanuel Sanders looked really good. Emmanuel Sanders, if you watched the game, could have had a touchdown in a big play, but it was called back for a penalty. Emmanuel Sanders 
basically, I don't know if he learned from Steve Smith in the offseason and got the secrets to how to come back from Achilles, but he looked as good as Manuel Sanders has ever looked, and he looked good with Joe Flacco throwing in the ball. So that's why Jake Seeley, with all the sads, was sitting there crying into my Deshaun Hamilton jersey because Deshaun Hamilton's <laughs> value is going straight out the window. As much as I love the guy, the truth is, if Emmanuel Sanders is healthy and ready to start, he's behind him as the third option. The role for Cortland Sutton wasn't going to change, as I've said time and time again. And it looks like Sutton and Sanders are the two now, Chris. Yeah, it really does. I mean, Hamilton, I still think people could take a shot on him. He's going to be a little bit cheaper. Oh, yeah. He's a free shot anyways. But, yeah, Sanders. You can take him like the 14th round. Yeah, now. exactly. Yeah, and I still think people should. You never know what kind of setback Sanders could have, even though he did. You're right. He looked unbelievable. And our boy Warren Sharp, who we referenced before, on this show, uh, you know, he had some numbers. Of course, Achilles, he, he tore it December 5th, 2018. He said the average return from a rupture is 11 months, career ending injury, 28% of players, and just eight and a half months later, Sanders is on the field. And if you watched him, he looked like his old self. End around. Maybe insane. even better. Right? Maybe even better. He looked unbelievable he did. for he a looked, guy. He looked awesome. It, it almost just felt like, did he even tear his Achilles? And was that kind of a bruise? <laughs> because there's no way. I've never seen anybody come back, and look, especially after eight months or whatever, and look like that what a boss. in any sport. Draft him. Yeah. Not even Steve Draft Smith. him today. And Steve Smith it had you, a slow it gives you start. Hope. It gives you hope for Kevin Durant. <laughs> because it's like, <laughs> oh, this is possible? Like, yeah. goodness gracious. Yeah, you're right. That's a good good point. It does. And and right now, for what, a 14th round pick? I don't know where he is. Like, oh, outside the 100? Sanders? Sanders is more like a, what is he, a 12? I'm looking right now. I can't find He's 10th. No. 10.4 uh, on average. But was, it has, I would almost assume Sanders has, like, jumped around in one week. Oh, he's got to. Yeah, I mean, looking at his spike right now, yeah, August 12th, he was 11th round pick, and now he's early 10, and that's just yeah, a handful of days. There you go. I see him he's at 9.10, so yeah. He's, yeah, he's I'm going to start sure. drafting Emmanuel Sanders, and like I said, every single time I do, I'm going to pull out. This jersey is going to be, like, disgusting, like, filled with snot and, yeah. like, tears, <laughs> and it's going like, to have to send it to the dry cleaners along with, you know, the rest of the stuff. The risk the is, is crapped on. certainly worth it at that point <laughs> <laughs> it was like and the whole reason look i want you guys know this and for everybody out there hopefully we're listening this is why and let's this is where i'm going to segue into this discussion about the article i had today is why we continually hammer look at adp just because we rank somebody somewhere doesn't mean you need to take them somewhere the upside for Dacian hamilton of emmanuel sanders was hurt was top 36 wide like a wide receiver three i had him barely ahead of Cortland Sutton. i think there were two spots apart with a month ago, assuming Emmanuel Sanders wasn't even going to be on the field. Now that's completely changed. But at the time, you still didn't have to pay more than a 13th round pick to take Deshaun Hamilton. And that's where I wanted to get to and talk about the article that I had today on the site. The article today on the site, this is Nando's naming. You know, mine was, I've been going through the comments. So everybody has like a little bit of context here. I have the rankings on the site. You see them. There's the overall rankings. The overall rankings took some time because Fancy Pro still has a bug for the uh, Android app. And last year, everybody who has the Android app couldn't scroll and everybody got upset and mad and everything. And we're trying to wait and hopefully get a fix because it's either tick off the Android people or not have them. So, in any case, people kept saying, where are your overall rankings? Where are your overall rankings? And in the comments, I kept saying, don't worry about them so much because you're making a mistake if you go straight down an overall rankings list and cross off names and then just take the next best name on the board when your pick comes up because you're ignoring context, ADP, your roster construction, everything like that. Also, people started talking about tiers, and I know a lot of people do tiers, and it's better than overall, but it's still not the best. If the tiers... For everybody else who's never used tiers, again, 
it's like if you're sitting there and you're on the board and there's two running backs left in your tier and there's seven wide receivers in the same tier, you're like, okay, I take the running back because there's a chance I could still get the wide receiver in the tier. There's no chance the running back comes back. But again, flaw leaves out other things. So Chris, what I did in the article I broke down and Nando's naming of it is why fantasy football overall rankings and tiers suck. With an exclamation <laughs> mark, <laughs> that's completely Nando, yes. Yes, uh, but, uh, and I added what you should use in drafts. And what I used is replacement value, and that's what I continually kept trying to say in the comments is, is replacement value. So the short version, Chris, and I'm sure you guys are going to agree, but it's, it's very similar to VBD, value-based drafting, is when you're on the board, you kind of, there's no perfect, you got to gotta know your room and do mock drafts will help you learn, but estimate, how many of a position is probably going to come off before your next pick? You know, you can say six to nine receivers, six to nine running backs, one or two tight ends, whatever it might be. And then you look at where's the bigger drop off? Is the bigger drop off at running back, wide receiver, tight? Like, where's the biggest drop off? And that's who you need to draft. And obviously, you're not drafting that if it's that your bench player. And again, this is a, a, a multi thousand, like I think it's 1,500 words. So go read the entire article. But Chris, I have a feeling you're with that. You're with value based drafting, replacement value, whatever. We, we know Joe Pizapia writes his black book and has his RPV formula. But I think this is the way people should be drafting to stop trying to use overall rankings. Yeah, people get caught up in rankings. I even still see it all the time. Is like, oh, so, you know, we had the conversation with Mon Montgomery and somebody had asked me, so you would really take Montgomery at the end of the first, like RB8 or 9? It's like, no, like you don't need to take him there. You know, just because I have him there doesn't mean that he should be drafted ahead of Delvin Cook. Like, I, I I'm I'm going really looking forward to this article because I think a lot of people get trapped up into into that what you're talking about Jake with with rankings and instead of just talking about value and where these guys are falling into tears so um, yeah uh, I saw the I saw the headline it's completely Nando but it's just, this will <laughs> this article I'm just skimming through it now will 100% help you and and you'll just look at drafting another way but you you also just kind of you mentioned it but you skipped over it mocking is huge and if yes. you're just new to it's new to fantasy and I've and a lot of questions and I know Jake you get a ton more than Brad and I but a lot of times people say what do I do here in the first round make my first two picks for me do I go RB do I go RB RB do I go wide receiver wide receiver do I go Kelsey RB like what do I do and I think you you can't get trapped into that situation. We've talked before about things are going to change all the time throughout a draft, but just really just mock and mock different ways. Try RBRB. Try wide receiver, wide receiver. Try Kelsey in the first. See what kind of teams you get. See what kind of backs are falling, what kind of value is falling to you. And and I think that will just help you a lot. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I The overall rankings thing, whenever we're ranking on Fantasy Pros, I have a hard time even doing that because it's like, you have the the sole thing with drafting is it's part of it is roster construction. Part of it is who, you know, what if you're drafting at the 10th spot and there's, you know, the two teams after you haven't picked a quarterback yet and you're in the 12th round and you haven't picked a quarterback either there, you're probably going to be looking at, at, okay, well, I want to get a quarterback here solely because of, I know those guys are at least one of those guys is going to take one before it gets back to me. It, right. it, everything yeah, exactly. changes during the draft. It has nothing to do with the ranking. It's, it's just, kind of paying attention to what's going on around you. I completely agree with mock drafting, especially, um, you know, do like five rounds of a mock draft. You don't have to sit there and do all 16 rounds or whatever, but do five rounds and just see how the core of your team stacks up when you try it the different ways. And, and I think 
I, I completely agree. I, I can't stand overall ranking sheets. Like I honestly haven't even touched mine on, on the player or the, on the fantasy pros. I only care about the position stuff right now because that's the, that's enough for me to, to kind of get swallowed up. And then if I, I'm trying to sit there and be like, Oh man, do I put Todd Gurley ahead of George Kittle? Like, I don't know if I would draft him ahead of George Kittle, but I also, you know, have no idea who I took in the first round in that instance. And, and that matters. So um, I don't know. It's just, I, I completely agree. All right. And, and hopefully, and I'm not just saying it to, for everybody to go read my article, but hopefully you listen to everything. If nothing else, go read it, listen honestly, to what the, yeah, clickbait. Yeah well, yeah. well, no, no, I was going to say, even if you don't read it, just listen to the, the, all three of us, what we just said. That alone is a good portion of the article is just trying to explain like this is this is how you become a better drafter. And whether or not people agree with me on this one out there, this is what I've always said is your your league, your winning your league is threefold. It's one third draft, it's one third in season management, and it's one third luck. Like you're not getting rid of the luck. But that one third of draft, whether you think it's a fourth or whatever, the point being is if you listen to what all three of us just said, Brad, you made really good points. Chris, you did as well. It's not surprising. If you listen to all three, at least you'll come out with that one third of your team being better than it would have been before. Like that, like come out of the draft with your best case scenario. And one more thing I'll add to what you were saying, Brad, is, and this is in the article too, is you talk about the roster construction. It's also like the volatility. Like you don't want to draft Amari Cooper, Deshaun Jackson, Tyrell Williams. Like, like you don't want all of your receivers yeah. to be six good weeks and 10, oh my God, what the hell is going to happen weeks? Like that comes into play too. So it's not, again, and that's where the, that's, that's the biggest thing tears leaves out because Deshaun Jackson might be the last good wide receiver in that tier. That tier might be Deshaun Jackson, but if you already have Amari Cooper and you already have that volatility, you just ignore it and just wait, go for another position and come back later or even jump to the next tier because Deshaun Jackson is not the best fit for your team. Exactly. So, or if you already have yeah. Alshon Jeffrey and it's like, uh, you already There's got another the good Eagles one. receiver. Yeah. You don't want another, uh, you know, two Eagles receivers in your top five receivers. No, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's almost like a running back and a quarterback, too. You don't really want to do that either. It kind of caps your upside. You can get away with it. Certain running backs and certain quarterbacks will, will do good but on one team. Like if it's a high-scoring team, be fine. But I love there's a certain – There's uh, skimming through it now again. There's a there's a certain paragraph in here that I love that you just – you went to right to round five and you just gave a couple examples of certain players and, and different situations, what you can do. So yeah, I highly recommend reading this article. It will, it'll help you. Even if you you're pretty confident in your drafting ability, it'll make you think just outside the box. The, the insane thing speaking of that, Chris is I just randomly was like, yeah, what, what should I pick as a random pick? Like a yeah. random, not that one, that, that one's really, that one, uh, that wasn't even intentional either. I just went to round five and I'm like, oh, this works out well. It does, uh, yeah. But but the fifth pick is actually, in my mind, I'm like, uh, let me do the fifth pick and just cross off my rankings and go with the fifth pick. And that was, of course, assuming the other people were taking straight down my top 300. Right. The funny thing was, I don't know if you guys saw this yet, six running backs of the first seven picks, including Fournette, Melvin Gordon on the same team with Leonard Fournette and or no, Leonard Fournette and Gordon and then Drake and Cohen and then, and three quarterbacks and then no tight ends. So, I mean, of course, everybody out there, nobody's that dumb, yeah. but it just, again, it's a testament to going straight through. All right, so NFC South. I don't know if you guys remember this. <laughs> I forgot it was here. So... I think months ago in the offseason, there was a little blurb of Chris going, hey, don't forget to tell us the golf and the quarterback ahead of Breeze thing that you teased, Jake. We never did that. We never got around to it. <laughs> I, I think it's, that was Brad. I think he saw your rankings when they first came out, and he was like, oh, golf, going to have to talk about that. I think it was that, wasn't it, Brad? How we had uh, I, No, I, I, it initially started with, with Lamar Jackson, and it oh, was so Lamar Jackson over, over Drew over Brees Drew or whatever. Brees. Yeah. And then, which doesn't, and then it which just, isn't a yeah. hot take anymore. That's no, not right. 
No, it's not. And it, you know, but that's, it said the golf and the quarterback ahead of Breeze, the quarterback ahead of Breeze was Lamar Jackson. And so it was like, all these guys were below Lamar Jackson. And so like, what, you know, what's the, you know, what's the, or or, sorry, all these guys are ahead of Drew Breeze. And so, you know, what was his reasoning behind it? And yeah, it'll, I'll be anxious to hear the, the reasoning, even though I, I probably agree. (laughs) we're gonna get to golf next week with the nfc west so that's that'll be the final thing to wrap up there but the drew Brees thing just first of all the biggest factor is he doesn't run and there's a lot of people in front of him with i mean actually every single quarterback in front of him has at least 150 or 125 rushing yards that's matt ryan after him it's 150 to 200 and then some with five four you you, uh, cam newton obviously the only one that doesn't even have that is ben roethlisberger that's because ben roethlisberger and the steelers are like the past happiest team in the and even if they take a step back i mean we're talking about it's still the steelers so anyway the point with drew Brees is i also don't think that they're a touchdown passing team as they much used to be the fact is i have them for 31 touchdowns and that's even a little bit high of what we've seen from drew Brees for the past couple seasons so it's not anything more than Kamara's given balance to this offense. Latavius Murray stepped in and is basically Mark Ingram. And then if you look at the wide receivers, it's Michael Thomas and a bunch of question marks. Like, how much does Ted Ginn have left at this point? What is Traquan Smith? What is Keith Kirkwood? You know, Emmanuel Butler was making noise for a time there. But then, you know, they have Jared Cook, which it will help his end-of-the-year numbers. But I don't think it helps his consistency. And it's not a bad season. I have him for 4,300 yards and 31 touchdowns. It's actually pretty good. But it's not. The, it's just not. He's not the G- Drew Brees of old, and that's really all it is. Yeah, I would agree with that. And you look at some of his numbers, like 364 completions, the lowest since 2006. 489 passing attempts, his lowest since 2004. Yeah, 3, yeah 3,900 yards, his lowest since 2005. So this is a team that they want to run the football. Sean Payton does want to run the football. I mean, he's going to use some of his guys. Like he's like Tavius Murray's going to have a have a play in this offense. I don't care what anybody says. Like Kamara is going to still be great, but Latavius Murray is going to get his touches. And especially I think in, you know, in the goal line in the red zone, he's going to be involved. And, and there's going to be games where the saints are going to be up. It's just the way it is. They score points at home and game against Tampa. Like they're going to lean on Latavius, but there's a couple of tough games on this schedule. Like for Drew Brees that I think Brad and I talked about this before, like week six in Jacksonville, followed by week six, week seven in Chicago. Like ugh, those are games where you're just like, I don't think Brees has the potential to be a top, 12 top 15 quarterback that week and this is just two weeks this is looking at the schedule it's just picking like the, the littlest thing to nitpick at but I agree with you you know your ranking is just a two quarterback league if you have him as your second quarterback I think that's perfectly fine I mean he still has the upside to have those monster home games but I agree went, with everything that you said before you jump in Brad he went I'm not kidding like we just did a, a draft yesterday for CBS they're doing a telethon thing tomorrow that I was in with Nando and uh Eric Young was in and a couple other people but Drew Brees went in the 13th round he wasn't even drafted as a QB1 and I think it's just because he's kind of eh without the rushing it's kind of and again to the point you guys know this for 303 projected points well 10 points ahead of him is Ben Roethlisberger. Five points ahead of him is Baker Mayfield at six. So it's not like it's not like one Drew Brees being Drew Brees game at home isn't going to potentially move him up five spots, Brad. Yeah, no, for sure. It's there when you're into that tier of quarterbacks, it's all just a matter of preference. And honestly, it can be like, who do you like the most and who do you want to watch on Sundays and who do you want to root for? Because from a fantasy perspective, there's Josh not Allen. a lot of difference. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's yeah, at least take a guy with some massive upside. I mean, that's that's what you're getting with Allen because we've seen him have 40 point weeks and it's been a while since we've seen Breeze have weeks like that on a regular basis. And, and so, yeah, it's it's possible. Why not? Why not take the guy that has the monster weeks occasionally? 
No, that, and that's the biggest thing because even if it's not Drew Brees and you take a Josh Allen, guess who's still probably going to be on your waiver wire for week one? Phillip Rivers, Kirk Cousins, yeah. heck, Derek Carr, Andy Dalton, who's finished as a top 10 quarterback twice. Yeah. Like, those guys are going to be there for you if you're pick bust. And, Jake, the splits are absolutely real. I mean, in seven home games last year, 21 touchdowns, one interception average, 320 yards passing. And in eight road games, he had 11 touchdowns and four picks and only averaged 217 yards passing. There's, that's a significant difference. Well, it's gotten worse. It actually – so the split has always been – I'm just going to – and I'm not saying this for you. I'm just saying this for everybody out there is now I agree with everybody worried about the split because – Two years ago, so not last season, not 2017, this was going into the 2017 season, I actually wrote up and said people are crapping on Drew Brees on the road too much. The fact was Drew Brees at home, and I re- I think these were the numbers. These are, are close to the numbers. It was 330, 330 yards and about 2.7 touchdowns per game at home. But on the road, it was still 299 and change, so I rounded up the 300 because I think it was like 299.4, and I'm like, ah, 300 is just a nicer number. But it's 300, and it was, I think it was 2.1 or 2.0. So he was still amazing on the road. He just wasn't a super god in fantasy like he was at home. And that's where that came from. It was kind of was a misnomer. But you're right. Now these past two years, especially last year, Chris, it has gone from he's still great on the road to now he's mediocre. Yeah, he was just, you're right. He was just so dominant at home that it was like, oh, he sucks on the road. No, yeah. It was like comparison, yeah. Yeah. All right. So before we get out of here, uh, let's finish up real quick with the Saints. And I don't know if we'll have time for anything else, but we'll at least get the Saints in for today. Do you have any opinion? Look, we've already talked about Latavius Murray and the fact that we think he's a value because he's going to be Mark Ingram. We've talked about the frustration of whether or not you want Jared Cook. You're either Team Jared Cook or Team not. I, I, I'm never going to be Team Jared Cook. If he has 15 touchdowns this year, I already said that. I'm not even showing up for the next show. But the wide receivers after Michael Thomas, are you guys drafting any of them? Are you drafting Ted Ginn and is Ted Ginn just being disrespected of like, hey, maybe he does still have something left? Is Traquan Smith your guy? Is it somebody else or, or is it like only quote unquote best ball? I don't want anything to do with Ted Ginn. Brad can go ahead, but I definitely don't want anything to do with Ted Ginn. Yeah, no, and and to me, you're right. It's in in a best ball. Traquan Smith is actually a guy I like in best ball solely because he has the the ability to throw up that 150 yard two touchdown week. But I don't see anything useful out of Ted Ginn, even if he's going out and getting four catches for 50 yards. Like that's not a guy I want in my lineup every week. And, and so he, where he's just completely touchdown dependent, whereas at least Traquan Smith has big playability. Um, I I don't know that you know in super super deep leagues. I've taken flyers on Emmanuel Butler um, just to sit on him, especially in a dynasty league. Um, he's an unbelievable athlete out of Northern Arizona, and he's learning the learning the the receiver position at the NFL level. He's he's impressed a lot of people in camp, um, but but other than that, there's just not a whole lot of guys on this team that I I, I really want to touch. I love the backfield. I will take either Kamara at you know pick three or four or whatever. I will gladly take Latavius Murray where he's being drafted. I will definitely take Mike Thomas at the end of the first round, and at that point, it's after that, it's just completely dart throwing. Yeah, agreed. I think Tricon Smith could take a step forward, but not to where um, you know, I don't think ever, anybody will ever feel comfortable rolling him out on, no, on your he's fantasy a limited team. wide receiver. Yeah, that's all it is. I mean, you look at his at his at his season last year as a rookie. I mean, ten of his twenty eight catches, thirteen of his forty four targets, and one hundred fifty seven of his four hundred twenty seven yards came in one game. One game against the Eagles when they were down. Again, we've talked about that. We talked about with Amari Cooper when he had those big games against the Eagles, too. I mean, it was a depleted roster, and he just torched them in that game. Other than that, I mean, there was a lot of 
a lot of inconsistency in his game. So he's he's somebody to play in DFS. Brad throws out best ball. Maybe something happens where he steps up and you you have to play him in like a flex of injuries, but pass. Absolutely pass. He actually, for, for playing with Drew Brees, he actually had a poor reception percentage at 63%. Yeah. That's actually, yeah. That's actually hey, that. what's wrong with you? You're playing with Drew Brees yeah, no here. Kidding. Come on, guys. It's just like a bunch of drops. Like, what's going on there? Yeah. Uh, all right. Actually, you know what? We do have time because here's one for you. I think we could just blow through the Buccaneers because we already talked about the running backs. That's done. Mm. We know everything else. Jameis Winston. Top 10 potential quarterback under Arians. Mike Evans, a wide receiver, one. Chris Godwin. Everybody's now on that bandwagon, same as O.J. Howard. I mean, is there really anything that hasn't been covered with the Bucks? No. Yeah, so so to me, late, real late, I'm interested in Justin Watson. And solely because of this this offense and the potential – the, the potential for the slot receiver um, to to be really productive in the Bruce Arians offense. That's what made Larry Fitzgerald so good down the road. Or, or My only problem past, is so. the usage so far. When they're, they've been putting Brashard Perriman on the field and pushing him outside and God went into the slot. That's my only, like, I, I understand and I'm definitely with you of that role, but we need we need Brashard Perriman to go away. Yeah, we do. Yeah, and that could and happen. I, yeah, I, that could happen very quickly in yeah. the season because he, he's not that good. And so um, <laughs> at, at that point, I... Uh, who knows? It's I mean, you were talking a, a you know a 18th, 20th round flyer, and right, and it's poss- right. it's possible that you know you you drop that guy after week one if he doesn't get to play, but at least have a have some upside with it in that role. Yeah, I like that call. Actually, I think we'll be talking about him at one point in the season because I agree. I don't think Rashad Perriman's going to be able to to stick around. It's, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. But yeah, I, everything between Evans and Godwin, I have nothing bad to say about either of those guys. I, they're both targets of mine. I want them. I know Evans, I think he's dealing with a slight injury. Just keep an eye on him, but uh, I'm not too worried about it. He's He's been so consistent. I don't even feel like he gets the love that he deserves. I mean, he's he's had at least 1,000 yards in every year of his, of his career. He's dealt with very mediocre quarterback play, brutal coaching, brutal offensive coordinators. Uh, I think he's he's probably in for a career year, which is crazy to say because he just had 1,500 yards last year. So, yeah, so one thing you, well, that's interesting. Imagine if he could cons- consistently catch the ball, though, he probably would have eighteen hundred. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. True. And one thing that's really interesting is if you look at, and maybe there's a reason for this that I'm not aware of, but if you look at the Buccaneers website and their unofficial depth chart, Cameron Brait is nowhere on there, and he's still on the Buccaneers. He's still practicing with them, but he's they've got three tight ends listed ahead of him. He's not even listed in the other category, and it's almost like he's the person free to get rid of. Yeah. Yeah, maybe so. And it, but he's it, at least in the past. If something happens to OJ Howard, he has had a rapport with with Jameis Winston, and so it, it's it's at least a guy to keep an eye on if OJ Howard gets hurt. But I, I, for some reason, they don't even have him listed anywhere on the depth chart. So it makes me wonder what's up with that. I feel like Jake and I have talked about that for two years with Cameron Braid. If he's the guy, he's a, he's a top ten. Remember do, doing all those ranking show and reveal the rankings? Oh, Howard's not out. Top ten, Braid. <laughs> getting all the red zone looks because you're right, Brad. <laughs> They've had a connection for sure uh, over the past couple of years, especially inside the red zone. I'm checking right now, August 17th. So probably have another one coming of the updated projected roster for the Buccaneers on the athletic. Uh, it's actually says the first part about it says three, maybe four. OJ Howard and Cameron Bray are locks. So there you go. Up for grabs. Yeah, it's, just, it's just weird. He's not even listed on their depth chart. No, all Claire, who had some you know interest last year, and then Hudson is the other one that they think that's what who thinks is the potential fourth they put could be having all four on there. So yeah, your point. Don't don't forget about Cameron Bray. It's almost kind of like a you don't even necessarily need to draft him. Yeah, you're not drafting him at all. But keep he might be the first guy you pick up if an injury happens. Yeah, exactly. All right, we're gonna squeeze one more in. We got time. We got like 
three, four minutes. We're going to squeeze in the Atlanta Falcons because they're kind of similar. We're like Matt Ryan, we know Matt Ryan, top 10 quarterback, uh, the offense. We've actually discussed this part. We've actually discussed the fact that the offense isn't changing that much because he's been with Cotter before. So that we've checked the box. We know Julio Jones, check the box. You know, we know that it's always a foot or an ankle, but we know Julio Jones. We know Devontae Freeman. We know Devontae Freeman has top 10 potential, but he also has enormous injury risk. So the questions are with three positions or three players. Calvin Ridley, your expectations of that because he had a great touchdown rate but slowed down in the second half. And, of course, the touchdown is going to be offset by his improvement and seeing more opportunities this year. Austin Hooper, who I think is one of the most underrated, undervalued fantasy tight ends for this season – and then after Devontae Freeman, because there's been talk about Brian Hill and Ito Smith and potentially even Cadre Olsen, like, where are you going to back up Freeman will be the first question, Chris. Your opinion on Ridley and then your opinion on Hooper. Yeah, uh, I, I'm staying away from this backfield altogether, uh, to be honest with you. I, I don't I don't have a what good feel. What if Freeman field. falls to the fourth? Then I'll t- then I'll yeah. If you can fall to the fourth, if I can get Freeman in the fourth, absolutely. I just don't know if I can. He definitely has upside to be a top ten running back. We've seen it before. He's dealt with the knee injury. He's had some Finish concussions. Yeah, you, you absolutely. You're right. Yeah, um, catching balls out of the backfield, Atlanta playing from behind for sure. Um, but you know some concussions. I don't let he really runs aggressive. It's almost like he just loves that contact, and you know that just scares me slightly with Freeman. Um, I, I don't really know who's who's going to step up. Besides, I don't really feel like it's going to be Edo Smith. I, I wasn't really impressed with him last year when he was given an opportunity. Tevin Coleman kind of you know he he struggled, and they really gave him a shot, and he didn't do a whole lot besides running a couple in from the two or from the three. I, I agree with you on Hooper. I think he's underrated. I mean, he had the fourth most catches at the tight end position last season, and he continues to improve each year. So if you're the type that doesn't like to draft early tight end and you're not going to take the shot on Cook and or Ebron, you don't feel like they can return value, I think Hooper could be something for you towards the end of your draft maybe. Um, but, yeah, and I also like Ridley because I think Matt Ryan's is going to continue to throw, continue to throw, continue to throw. I don't think this defense is going to be all that great. Better than last year, a lot of injuries. But they play in a lot of shootouts. They play in a dome. They play in a lot of. They play inside the division where they play the Saints and the Bucks twice. Those are typically high-scoring games. So I'm, I'm in on Ridley. I like where he's going, and I think I, I'm probably not going to get ten touchdowns, but he could certainly do what he did last year: sixty-four catches, eight hundred twenty-one yards. It's definitely doable. Cool. Brian? I I I completely <laughs> agree. I I I mean I I'm I'm a little leery of the ADP for for Calvin Ridley he's going in the middle of the fifth round and there are other guys there that I like a little better I if he falls to the sixth round I jump all over it um but but I'm at that point I it's it's just a little unproven Muhammad Sanu's not going away and he's he's he has a bigger role in this offense than Ted Ginn has in the New Orleans offense and because of that I I think I don't want Muhammad Sanu on my team but he's going to take targets away from Calvin Ridley let me jump in there real quick for that because this is something everybody should be paying attention to and we'll talk about it pay attention to week three because week two Calvin Ridley was actually on the field less than Muhammad Sanu because in 11 there's a there's a tweet out there about the 11 formation 12 formation Hooper coming off it and Ridley was out there when they're in 11 or was it 12 I forget which one it was one of the two this, well, no, I'm just I'm trying to remember. The surprising thing was Sanu was on the field and really wasn't. Well, he's in the and slot. Then, so, to Brad's point, he's going to play. Yeah, he's not going right. Anywhere. But yeah, so that's just. It, but the, I, I just too, think, I think it, it was too it, wide, though. It, 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 maybe so. It, it's but it, if he one way or another, he's taking 
it's not like Calvin Ridley is just this dominant number two receiver on this team. He, his numbers last year showed that because of the touchdowns, but it's not like he's, he's guaranteed to, to have this massive jump because I, it's, it's possible he gets no more targets than he got last year with, if Sanu's healthy all year. So I, I just think it's, it's, I, I'm pumping the brakes on, on Ridley just a little bit where he's being taken. I still like him and I think he's going to be really good, but I just don't see him being a, a value in the fifth round where he's going. So, um, as far as the backfield goes, um, I who knows? I mean, it, it's it's possible, you know, that in an effort to try to keep Devontae Freeman on the field, that they give someone else the goal line work, you know. And right now, it sounds like that could be Cadre Allison. At least the the last time someone reported about that, Edo Smith had some opportunities last year and just never really looked good, in my opinion. I really like Brian Hill. I I kind of wish he would get more of an opportunity. He's starting to get some um, buzz, yeah. Yeah, but he he and he's looked good whenever he's gotten chances in preseason. It's just I, you know, it's it's kind of like this muddled backfield behind Freeman, and it's it reminds me a lot of kind of the 49ers situation where you have a guy and then you've got a whole bunch of other random guys and you have no idea what's going to happen. And honestly, it's it's one of those where you 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 don't want to, in my opinion, you don't want to draft any of them. I, I don't want to draft Edo Smith. I don't want to draft Brian Hill or Cadre Allison. But I want to just kind of keep an eye on who they might be using, especially, you know, keep an eye on, like you said, week three, who's getting the opportunity once Freeman comes off the field, because that might be the guy that you want to jump on and pick up if Freeman gets hurt, which is in a lot of ways inevitable. <laughs> yeah, but real quick, you know who's a value when I'm sitting there in that draft yesterday I was talking about before. And just because this is not like, hey, look at my team. This is, you know, for just people, you never know how a draft's going to shake out. I took Vance McDonald in the eighth. And I'm sitting there and sitting there and watching and watching and Hooper sitting there and Hooper sitting there and Hooper sitting there and Hooper there. And then I take my second tight end and Hooper in the 14th round. Like I'm not at that point. I actually consider doing it in the 13th round. It just sometimes, even though it's a second tight end, it's the best value on the board. I, I think he's getting way overlooked, but hopefully you're not overlooking this podcast or the other podcast or everything we're trying to do to help you out and not overlooking. You can get us on Twitter as well at Chris Meany for at Chris Meany for at Chris Meany for <laughs> yeah. take it. I don't know. We need to end this show. Brad Ziegler <laughs> is at Brad Ziegler. I'm at all in kid. We'll be back on Monday as always the final week, the final stretch week as we get into the final week of drafting and then the season's that very next week guys. It's almost here. So enjoy. We'll be back. Have a good one.